Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. And welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. We appreciate you guys tapping in for another episode. Uh, so this week we will be doing a kind of a special one. Uh, we'll be talking about three receivers that are probably going to be available in most of your draft boards by the second or third round. Uh, this episode will entirely be my voice, so hope you enjoy that. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and uh, talk about wide receivers because that's kind of been a specialty of mine. And I kind of want to share some of my findings, some of my observations with y'all, and uh, you know, hopefully see if y'all agree. So the three guys I want to talk about are going to be Jalen Hyatt, Marvin Mims, and Josh Downs. So three guys who have immense upside. What I want to do is I want to start this week off with my boy Marvin Mims because he seems to be probably the most polarizing prospects of the three. <gasps> I got a comp from Marvin Mims that I really want to get off my chest. Uh, But before I do that, I want to go ahead and cover some of his numbers from the 2022 season. So once again, Marvin Mims Jr. is a wide receiver out of Oklahoma. He is coming out as a junior prospect. He's 5'11". He's 177 pounds. And, you know, he comes out of the Big 12. Last year, he was, you know, pretty much the focal point for that Oklahoma offense. Uh, During his college career, he's played with guys like Spencer Rattler, who you might have heard of. Uh, But last year, he went for 54 catches with over 1,000 yards. 1,083 to be exact, and he had six touchdowns. So he averaged something around 20 yards of reception, which is a really indicating number because if you know anything about Marvin Mims, I mean, you know, he's kind of an explosive deep threat. He's a guy who can go vertical and take the top off of the defense, and that's a lot of what he did at Oklahoma. And so there's a lot of conversation about Marvin, and the questions that kind of arise, how does he play through contact? What is he like against press? Is his route tree expansive? Is he just a vertical guy? Is he just a deep post guy? Or can he run more intermediate routes, right? Like, can he get open in the middle of the field? And, you know, Marvin Mims, to me, reminds me a lot of, like, a T.Y. Hilton. And the reason I say he reminds me of T.Y. is not only because of the size. I believe Marvin's about an inch taller than T.Y., who was around 5'9", 5'9", 5'10"-ish. You know, T.Y. was about 5'9", 5'10", 183. He was a deep threat, obviously, for the Colts offense. He came out of FIU. But he was someone who wasn't overwhelming with size, but he had a lot of speed. He could easily take the top off of a defense. And coming into the league, I mean, he profiled as like a nice wide receiver, too. So if you remember anything about T.Y. Hilton, he came into the league on the Colts. 
you know, around the, uh, the Andrew Luck days, and he was opposite of Reggie Wayne, who was the wide receiver one for the Colts at the time. Now, T.Y. Hilton came into the league. He was beasty. I mean, he was like wide receiver 27 or something like that his rookie year. But he was just catching bombs because, you know, Reggie Wayne was, you know, taking coverage to his side of the field and Hilton was just getting open. And T.Y. Hilton, I don't want to say like tripped and fell into a starting slot, but in his first year, he played opposite of Reggie. And in the second year, uh, that receiving core, which still had Reggie, but had other guys like Darius Hayward Bay. Uh, they had injuries and they were getting older. And so T.Y. kind of just was there and stepped up and made big plays. And after two consecutive great seasons, you know, he earned his uh, he earned his keep. He earned his stay with the Colts. Now, bringing it back to Marvin Mims, Marvin Mims is projected to probably be like a third round pick. T.Y. Hilton, funny enough, was also a third round pick. Marvin Mims is someone that is going to come onto a team. And I don't see him being like the primary wide receiver one. I don't think he really has like that expansive size for that, but I do see him being like a nice two. I do kind of agree with some of the naysayers, I guess, who think that this guy's route tree could maybe use a little bit of work. I mean, I'm not saying that he's incapable of running a myriad of different routes and whatnot, but when I look at a lot of his production in college, he got a ton of free releases, which we talked about uh, with JSN. When we were scouting uh, his 2021 season, you know, they had Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson pulling coverage to the outside. So JSN was just cooking in the middle. And Marvin Mims, though he was the primary focal point last year for his offense, in a lot of his highlight plays and a lot of his big catches, he's basically unattested. He's playing against zone and he reads zone coverage, I think, pretty well, right? Like sometimes if you can get a hand on him, and you can really mess up his route as like a DB. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, Marvin Mims can kind of feel the coverage. He can get underneath or over the top, whichever is going to make the most sense for, you know, his yak ability. And he's someone that is going to typically catch the ball. He has great hands. He has better hands, to be honest. I think he has better hands than Jordan Addison, who I love in this draft class. Jordan Addison, as I kind of break down the film more and more, I kind of notice these body catches, which I don't, I'm not a huge fan of. I think he's just so great at coming off the line of scrimmage that he naturally can just catch it with his body because he's catching it over the top and just creating so much separation because of his route running ability. Marvin Mims is a guy who has a really large catch radius. I'd say maybe one of the largest catch radiuses amongst this draft class. He reminds me, me a lot of Garrett Wilson and the aspect of being able to catch anything that's within his vicinity. And he's someone who had a ton of spectacular plays in college, which got him all this recognition. Now, once again, bringing it to the T.Y. Hilton point, T.Y. came off the board, I think, in 2012 as the 13th wide receiver off the board. He was somewhere in the double digits. So there were 10, 11, 12 guys who, you know, might have went ahead of him. Marvin Mims is one of those guys who's not considered, I don't think he's considered like one of the top three. That belongs to JSN, that belongs to Jordan Addison. And that belongs to Quentin Johnston. I don't know if people really have him in that next tier either. That maybe consists of like a Zay Flowers, uh, Josh Downs. You might even want to throw Jalen Hyatt in there. I feel as if a lot of people see Marvin Mims as a tier three receiver. And when I look at his profile and when I look at just what he can do, I'm interested to see how he functions in the NFL just because he's not going to have as much free space and there's going to be a lot more contact. And I don't know how he works just coming off of contact i've seen it a few times and it really wasn't that impressive if i'm going to be honest 
But because of his explosiveness, just because of his ability to once again kind of feel his way around his own, get open, he understands football, he looks like a football player, and he has the ability to play outside or in the slot, so he's versatile in what you can do with him. But if similarly to T.Y. Hilton, he can go somewhere in which he doesn't have the expectation to be a wide receiver one, which I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but if he can comfortably come in as a wide receiver two or even a wide receiver three, I think that would be really great for his uh, for his fantasy production. So my best fit for him would be maybe like Atlanta, right? If he could be opposite of Drake London and Drake London could be the very obvious wide receiver one. But Marvin Mims could still be this talented wide receiver on the other side of the field who might get, let's say, the second best DB. He might get a little bit less attention and he can really cook. I would love to see Marvin and like a Los Angeles Rams offense or maybe even like a San Francisco if they choose to get another guy who can pair up on the opposite side of Debo Samuel uh, while they figure out whether or not they want to re-sign IU capture next year. But I believe that his ceiling is probably wide receiver 16, 17, 18 range. Uh, so a pretty good you know wide receiver two who catches potentially six to eight touchdowns goes for a thousand yards and you know pulls in maybe around 80 ish catches i like marvin mims a lot in a 10 team one quarterback league i don't mind drafting him in the third round i think the earliest i would go for marvin mims would probably be the late second round and i just think that talent always wins and if he can just go to a situation in which he can earn maybe let's say 75 to 80 targets I think that he could be an impact player in situations next year, and he can build off of that to go ahead and have not only a great NFL career, but he can also be a fantasy football contributor to you and your dynasty team. All right. And uh, wait, hold on. Let me let me put on my deep voice for this next prospect because he is indeed a grown man. Uh, this next prospect is going to probably have a day one impact on the league, and I want to show him respect by um, talking to my in my man voice, regardless of how cringy it is. All right, now, ladies and gentlemen, the next wide receiver that I'm going to talk about is a guy who I think could potentially be a superstar. This is a guy who has a ceiling as high as they come. I've seen people compare this guy to potentially Cooper Cup. The wide receiver I want to talk about is Josh Downs, wide receiver out of the University of North Carolina. So Downs just got done playing with Drake May. We all know that, right? Drake May is probably going to be the second pick of the draft next year as the QB2 coming out, you know, in the 2024 draft class. Josh Downs had an amazing year last year. He had 94 catches, 1,029 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. But one statistic that I thought was really impressive, and shout out to uh, Shravan Fakimi of Dynasty Leagues with Player Profiler. Uh, but he did some research and he was able to find a really telling statistic amongst Josh Downs 2022 numbers. And that was the fact that Josh Downs caught 11 receiving touchdowns, but nine of those 11 receiving touchdowns came in the red zone. Let me repeat that. Nine of his 11 touchdowns came in the red zone. Wow. We just got done talking about, you know, Josh Downs, you know, is 5'9" run 170-ish pounds. He runs a 4.48, and he's this guy who people kind of see as small, similarly to Zay Flowers. They view those guys as being somewhat undersized. 
I'm not really one of those people in that bucket. I'm very much an advocate for, like, wide receivers are just getting smaller, right? Like, if you look at Garrett Wilson, his best comparable is Chris Olave, if you're fans of player profiler, right? Like, I think that we're starting to enter a new age of wide receivers in which they're going to come in all different shapes and sizes. But you can always kind of tell the cream from the crop uh, by their route running. Route runners are typically the guys who, you know, will go on to have long-lasting careers, now, we see these bigger receivers that are impactful, but the bigger receivers that we see recently that are impactful can run routes, right? Like Mike Evans is an underrated route runner. Julio Jones was an amazing, you know, big, tall uh, route runner. Debo Samuel's a good route runner, right? Like that has to be a part of your skill set. And Josh Downs is arguably the best route runner in this class. I would proudly put him in the same ranks as a guy like JSN, a guy like Jordan Addison. Zay Flowers. Josh Downs is an amazing route runner. He has like this really great ability to kind of like delay his release. So if he's playing like zone coverage and the DB's like five or 10 yards back, he'll kind of lull all of it out of his route, you know, uh, you know, run it somewhat slower than normal to, you know, get the cornerback to relax, chill out, get him flat footed. But he has this insane ability to pick up speed at the snap of a finger. He has crazy acceleration and deceleration, and I think that's going to really come in handy, you know, at the NFL level. Josh Downs has the potential to be, I think, a volume receiver. I would not doubt it if you came back in one year and you told me that he was in competition for most receptions amongst this rookie wide receiver class. I wouldn't be shocked. I think this guy has just an insane ability to just get open once again for the millionth time. He's amazing off the line of scrimmage. For him to be able to catch 9 of his 11 touchdowns in the red zone, what that tells me is that he is still icy, he is still smooth, and he is still fluid in tight spaces. The red zone is only a 20-yard distance, right? There's a lot less grass for you to cover. There's a lot less uh, area for separation. Oh, my God! Josh Downs is so good at his craft. He's a great contested catcher, even though, once again, he's only around 5'9"-ish. He, I think, caught more than like 72% of his contested uh, passes, which damn near led college football last year. This dude is someone who can play bigger than his size, but he also has that effectiveness in his route running ability to create just enough separation where if you have a Mac Jones or shit, even if you have a Davis Mills, more times than not, if they can just hit him, you know, right on the head, He can take the ball, he can, you know, snatch it out of the air, and once again, contested catch situations, and he has enough run-after-the-catch ability to go ahead and make a big play out of damn near anything. Like, I think he's a quick passing option in most offenses. He's someone that you throw in the slot, you give him the ball within five to seven yards, and you let him work. And that's why I think that he's someone who could be a high target, like, could see high target volume. And Cooper Cup, I mean... I know it's lofty expectations, and I know Cooper Cup is, like, an enigma at this point. He had that insane record-breaking season a couple years ago. Once again, when I look at Josh Downs, I mean, he's someone who's not being talked about as much within, like, that top three or four uh, of wide receivers. But when it comes to his route running ability, he's top three, top three or four. You know, he's in the same class, once again, as Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, uh, JSN's up there. But his contested catch ability has been proven to be better than guys like Zay Flowers, uh, than guys like uh, Jordan Addison. So when you throw that into the mix, really the only thing that you have against the guy is he's 5'9". 
right? He's a little bit undersized. I think he ran a 4-4-8-40. He caught somewhere around like 85% of his passes. Guy went for over like, I think, 1,000 yards last year, had 11 touchdowns. He was he was a dog, and he played with a great quarterback, which obviously is going to help his numbers. But just looking purely at what he can do as a receiver man is special. I think that his run blocking could use a little bit of help. Once again, that size kind of comes into question at times with his run blocking. Uh, so he's, I don't think he, I wouldn't say he struggled with it, but he showed that that's an area that could be improved. And once again, when you're playing in North Carolina, your level of competition is not the same as if you were playing in the SEC. Now, some of the knocks against Josh Downs, I'll repeat again, were also said about Cooper Cup back in 2017. Now, the reason I think Cooper Cup is Josh Downs' ceiling is because, similarly, when Cooper Cup was coming out of college, he had strengths and weaknesses, just like anyone else. His strengths were that he was an excellent route runner. He was quick out of breaks. He had great hands. He caught the ball with his hands, not too many body catches, similar to Downs. And he had amazing run after the catch skills. Now, Coop was also an amazing red zone weapon for that Eastern Washington team. He won a lot of 50-50 passes. He tracked the ball well. Great body control. Just an overall really polished receiver. Very similar to Josh Downs. But the things that are said about Downs in terms of his weaknesses were similarly also said about Coop. They said that Coop lacked speed. He wasn't overly fast. He's not exactly a burner deep threat. But because Coop was so good at his game, he was able to still be an effective wide receiver pretty much damn near from day one coming into the NFL. And so Down, similarly, is a great receiver. His biggest knock is his size. And personally, I like those type of receivers in which the only thing that you can knock them for are things that they cannot control. Like I can't just grow two, three inches overnight. Like my genetics are my genetics. But if I'm a great receiver, if I'm great at my route running ability, if I catch the ball with my hands, if I'm effective in clutch situations, right, like I'm all my controllables are elite. And if your controllables are elite and you're blessed enough to have that size and you'll get, you know, looked at as a top end option. But if you're someone who's like Josh Downs and you're 5'9 and you're 5'10, but you have all of those elite qualities as a receiver, I still like you because you can't control how tall you are, but you can control the amount of work you put in. Right. And once again, over a thousand yards, 11 touchdowns, had a great quarterback throwing him the ball in Drake May, admittedly so. But Josh Downs is someone that I think a lot of people are sleeping on. And if you got him at, you know, like, let's say the early to mid second round in a rookie draft, that's an absolute steal. Once again, I think his floor is maybe a wide receiver three ish year in and year out. But for fantasy, I think that he has wide receiver one appeal. If he can end up in a situation, he could maybe get eight to 10 targets a game, uh, giving him that opportunity to just cook, rack up those PPR points, and hopefully, I guess, end up in the end zone. And we're going to go ahead and end this episode with talking about our final receiver. Uh, That guy is going to be Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver out of Tennessee. All right, so Jalen is another guy who has had a ton of hype in college. I mean, he was a Bolitnikoff winner last year. He was someone who was expected to kind of cook in the draft. And, you know, when you look at his frame, it's not anything like you'll write home about. It's, like, pretty slender, I guess. Uh, but he comes in at six foot. He's 176 pounds. And I think as far as, like, a BMI goes, the guy has, like, a 23.9 BMI. That is the worst BMI 
of all these wide receivers. Once again, six foot. He's around one seventy six. So he ran a four four forty. Essentially, for receivers, once again, you want to see their BMI somewhere around like that twenty seven to twenty eight range, right? So some guys who accomplished this feat were uh, Rasheed Rice. Uh, let's say Michael Wilson. You have Keishon Booty, who came in at 27.2, right? Like, ideally, you'd like to see them around that 27-ish number. When you look at Jalen Hyatt, he's not someone who's very versatile in, like, his short and intermediate route tree. And he's also someone who's, you know, very slender. Now, he's he's an interesting prospect because he's a guy who is the definition of he needs to go to the right situation. And the right situation in my eyes would be somewhere in which, ideally, it's a run-first offense. And the reason I would like to see him in a run-first offense, maybe like a Tennessee um, or a San Francisco or something like that, is because if the defense knows that you're a run-first offense and they play to the run, typically you're going to have a defense, you know, coming closer to the line of scrimmage. Now, Jalen Hyatt's game is all about going deep, going vertical, getting past the cornerback, getting past any safeties, and making a big play. Well, I think that he has the most opportunity to do that because you're going to be in more situations in which, let's say, you would play a man or press coverage, right? So he's a man-beater, right? Like, he's a guy who, once again, wants to go vertical. He's typically going to line up outside as, like, an X receiver. So if you have him in the Tennessee Titans offense, per se, and the main threat of that offense, and everyone knows it is, you know, Derrick Henry, and you have, like, a Traylon Burks who works you know, closer to the line of scrimmage, defenses are going to go ahead and try to eliminate those strengths, right? But if you're a Jalen Hyatt who can come in as, let's say, like the wide receiver two to a Traylon Burks, you can stretch the field, which actually helps your run game because as you start to collect catches and touchdowns and you start to get some recognition, defenses will have to respect you. They'll have to pull people out of the box to play over the top. And, okay, now Derrick Henry has a couple extra uh, lanes or maybe a few less defenders on the second level to get through. And so Jalen Hyatt is someone in which I don't love him playing in like a stereotypical spread offense. Like I don't want him playing in a super pass heavy offense as crazy as that sounds. And I know it sounds crazy. I don't want him in a situation in which like his game is going to have to be determined by volume because I don't think he's going to demand a ton of volume. Right. Like I think that he's a guy who could see four to five to maybe six targets a game, but he catches that one big one, which kind of, you know, makes him like a boomer bust prospect in fantasy leagues. But, you know, one big catch could go ahead and give you the performance that you're looking for. I like Jalen Hyatt more in like a traditional style of offense. Like I want to see this guy in I formations. I want to see this guy in strong sets. I want to see him be like, I guess somewhat of like a, like a Gabe Davis or like a Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think Jalen Hyatt has the potential to be just ultimately a boomer buzz prospect. I think he's going to have some good years. He's going to have some disappointing years. But one thing about it is that if he gets a guy at quarterback who has a strong arm, and once again, ideally, if he can land in an offense in which you have to respect the run and you can't always play, you know, his own coverage against the offense, then I think Jalen is going to see some big games, some big performances, and maybe that could translate into a productive season for the guy. Uh, But once again, in terms of Marvin Mims, Josh Downs, and Jalen Hyatt, I think all three of those guys have some potential. 
I would say my favorite prospect of the three would be Josh Downs. My second would probably be Marvin Mims. I'm, I think Marvin Mims and Jalen is a lot closer than I'll admit. Uh, but I would probably take Marvin just because of his versatility within his route tree. And then give me Jalen Hyatt because I know that he's bound to go ahead and get me a few big plays here or there. He may not be like the target volume guy that Josh Downs could be because he's so versatile and he plays the slot. But I do think Jalen Hyatt can go out, you know, make a big play and, uh, you know, ultimately produce for your fantasy teams. All right. And thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Uh, If you guys haven't done it already, please go ahead and follow us. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast show. Show us some support. Let us know that you're listening. And uh, until we meet again, happy fishing. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, baby. Peace.